Uh, so loyalty to God. Deprived of acts of disloyalty. That's what I'm going to focus on today. What's the price? What happens when you're disloyal to God or even to a man? How does that work? Loyalty is so important. Loyalty, like I said, is love in action. When you love, you act. When you love somebody, you're loyal to the person. When you love somebody, you do, you become faithful. Not out of obligation, but out of love. Because you want that person to look good. And we have to be loyal to God and do whatever he wants us to do. Sometimes what he's asking us to do, we just don't understand. Don't make sense. It's like he's going to turn your life upside down. If I do this, God, you don't understand. Well, he does. He was here before you got here. You don't understand. If I do this, this and this is going to happen. That's with just your little mind. He knows everything. Let it go. Be loyal to him and see what he does for you. Now, we've been talking from uh, the life of Asa. Uh, King Asa was uh, Solomon, I mean, uh, Solomon's grandson, actually the great-grandson of David. And he, the Bible tells us that he was loyal to his God. And for that reason, God blessed him. God blessed him for 10 years in his time, which was very unusual. For 10 years, God prevented any kind of war. He had peace and prosperity. God blessed him. No, nothing was broken. Nothing was missing. They were prospering. God just gave him peace on every side. And then there was one war that came from the Ethiopian king, bringing about a million fighting men. And he turned to God. He said, we can't fight them. We're just a little people, just a little, probably by the size of uh, uh, Cyprus. We can't fight these guys, a million people. They're going to eat us up. And they went to God, and God delivered them. And after that, 25 more years, he had no war, nothing. But just prosperity because his heart was loyal to God. I have to always tell myself there is a God. God is. Don't deceive yourself. You just, we are not just existing because of evolution. There is a true God. If you don't believe, you'll see him one day. I hope you will be on his good side when you see him. <laughs> this is not going to be fun at that time. You can't unguard him at that point. No, he's not God. No, there's no God. He will be right there before you, and there's nothing you can do. You have to be judged. Just because you don't believe there is a God doesn't make it true that there is no God. God is, and you are going to appear before him one day, and you have control over everything that happens to you from then on. I got to get it settled right there. Amen. I amen to that, even if you don't. <laughs> I will. <laughs> so this man was very loyal to God. In, in, in uh, Second Chron uh, Chronicles chapter 15, it says in verse 18, he also brought into the house of God the things that his father had dedicated and that he himself had dedicated silver and gold and utensils. He brought all of this to God's house. And there was no war until the 35th year of the reign of Asa. What does that say? It says after 35 years, he started having wars. That's what it says. That's the implication of that. He had no war for 25 years, 
and just one war for 35 years. And then after that, he started having wars. What happened? What happened here? People were coming from every other nation, especially from the, the land of Israel, to be in the tribe of Judah, to be a part of, because they heard God was blessing these people, the people of, uh, of Asa, uh, God's people in Judah. God was blessing them. And so, Asa was blessed by God, and these people came to him. Disloyalty, as we go into Asa's story, disloyalty gives birth to unhealthy spirit, an unhealthy spirit. When you are disloyal to God, your disloyalty will affect your spirit, will affect your soul, your decision-making. Your soul is the seat of your mind, your will, and your emotions. When you are disloyal to God, it will affect all of those. And if it continues, it will probably lead you to betrayal, as it did with Judas. Disloyalty, one act of disloyalty can cost you your life. Even if it's just disloyalty to man, depending on who you're dealing with. Just one act of disloyalty could cost you your life. Absalom, the son of David, was disloyal to his father. Cost him his life. He died because of it. Joab, a great general, one of the greatest generals in the history of the, the people of Israel. Joab, son of Zeruiah. Great, great man of, of, uh, uh, of valor. But he was disloyal to his king, King David. You know how Joab died? He was hanging on to the horns of the altar of God for protection that never came. He died right there on the altar of protection, the, the altar of God. No protection for him. Because he was disloyal to David. David had another friend that he grew up with. His name, Ahitophel. Did I say the word right? Ahitophel. <laughs> but he was a counselor to David. He was so good as a counselor. In fact, they said of him, of Ahitophel, when he gave counsel, it's as if he was getting it directly from the mouth of God. An oracle of God. This man was so good. In his counsel to David. He was David's friend. But he was disloyal to David. And he lost his life. Because of that. He committed suicide. He killed himself. Disloyalty can be very painful. Especially to the one. I can tell how God feels. About disloyalty. When you are following him. And you are serving him. And you are disloyal to him in any way. And you continue to be disloyal. It can really cause something to God. The pain is really serious until God decides, uh-uh, I'm not going to go with this. But today we live in the days of grace, and God can be very merciful to us. David said of Ahithophel for his disloyalty in, uh, in Psalm 55, verse 12 through 14. It says, for it is not an enemy who reproaches me. Then I could, I, I could bear it. 
nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me. Then I could hide from him. If I know the guy hates me, then I can protect myself. I don't have to eat with him. I can protect myself because I know he doesn't like me. But this is a friend of mine. This is somebody I trust. This is somebody I rely on. He's doing this to me. He said I could hide myself. But it was you, a man, my equal, my companion, and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together. In other words, we talked together. We fellowshiped together. And walked to the house of God in the trunk. Both of us, we walked to God's house. But now you betray me. That was very painful to David. And so David bore that pain. And when we are disloyal to God, I believe he feels it very strongly. And then he'll warn you from time to time. No, son, just like with Judas. I used to wonder in my days because I read through the Bible for the first time. And Jesus keeps saying, one of you, are gonna, one of you will betray me. Or one of you is a devil. I chose, I mean, he was sharing it, but he hardened his heart. He was going to do what he was doing. He was stealing money from the money box. He knew Jesus knew, but he could care less. His acts of disloyalty led him to his death, an eternal death. That's how important loyalty is. Let's look at Asa's life. Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 1 through 5. It says, in the 36th year, remember we said 25 years, no war, just one war. He had peace, 35 years, 36th year. This is when the trouble began. The year of uh, the reign of Asa, Basha, king of Israel, came up, uh, up against Judah and built Ramah that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. What was he doing? He didn't want anybody to leave Israel to go to Judah. Israel, ten tribes. Judah, two tribes. Justice as a kingdom. But the people heard God was blessing Judah so much, people were leaving his kingdom and going to stay in Judah. He didn't like that. So Bashar decided, I'm going to build Ramah so that nobody goes to him and nobody crosses from that side to influence anybody on this side. I'm going to stop that. I'm going to stop that. So... Verse 2, it says, Then Asa brought, brought silver and gold from the treasuries of the house of the Lord. What did he do initially? He took treasure, uh, gold, silver from his house, what his father reserved, and put it in the tabernacle. Now he's taking from the tabernacle the treasury of God's house, and he's taking it somewhere. Silver and gold from the treasuries of the house of the Lord and of the king's house. So from the house of the Lord, in the king's house, and sent to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, who dwelt in Damascus, saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me, and there was between, as there was between my father and your father. Here, I have sent you silver and gold to bribe you. Where did the money come from? The house of God. His God and his own house. It says, see, here, I have sent you silver and gold. Come, break your treaty with Besha, king of Israel, so that he will withdraw from me. So Ben-Hadad hated King Asa and sent the captains of his armies against the cities of Israel. They attacked Ijon, Dan, Abel-Main, 
and all the uh, storage cities of Naphtali. Now it happened when Basha heard it that he stopped building Ramah and seized his work. It worked. It worked. It took from God's house and from his house, that's his own money, God's money, and gave it to this king to bribe him so that he'll stop uh, Besha from attacking him. And it worked. It worked for him. Besha attacked, and the king of Israel stopped his, his activity. Moreover, he prospered from it. He prospered from it. If you read him from verse 6, 2 Chronicles from verse 6, it says, Then King Asa took all Judah, and they carried away the stones and timber of Ramah that the king Basha brought to stop them. He took from those, and he built cities. He prospered from it. He prospered from it. And I've had people ask questions, you know, how is it that this person does this, and they prosper? Yeah, they'll prosper. They'll prosper. But God sees it as disloyalty. The king of Israel and the king of Judah both were afraid of the king of Syria because of his power and his army. So the king of Judah knew, Asa knew, if I bribe him and he throws against uh, Basha, that's over. And that's exactly what he did. And it worked for him. He prospered. He built cities. He built uh, Geba and Mizpah. Mizpah was where Samuel used to be. He built them. But it was an act of disloyalty. And God confronted him with it. In 2 Chronicles, we're studying scriptures today, 2 Chronicles, again, 16, beginning from verse 7, it says, And at that time, Anani, the seer, that's the prophet, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. Were the Ethiopians and the Lubim not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet, because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord, many of us know the scripture, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is what? Loyal to him. In this you have done foolishly. Therefore, from now on, you shall have what? Wars. Everything broken, everything missing. No peace from now on. If you consider the story, he was afraid of the king of Syria and the army. But God said to him, if you had stayed loyal to me, I had already planned to give you the armies of Syria. I had already planned to give that to you. You bribed them in your disloyalty. Now they remain. I destroyed the, the armies of Ethiopia that was bigger than that. Now in your disloyalty, you kept their armies intact to attack you. 
Many times we try to do things on our own. But we are really hurting ourselves instead of trusting in God and being loyal to him. You know, sometimes people take their time. That's from the house of God. It belongs to the house of God. And they had their own money to build a fortress for themselves. Your tithe is the 10%. God says, that's mine, it's holy. And that's what this man did in a sense. He went into the house of God and took from the treasury of God, which is what God, that's called the storehouse. Bring all, bring you all the tithe to the storehouse. You can't take that thing to make peace for yourself and really have peace. You're hurting yourself. God said, I've already given. I had already given the armies of Syria to you. Now, because of your disloyalty, going into God's stuff, instead of trusting God, you went and you're trying to help yourself instead of consulting God. Now these armies remain as strong and they'll be fighting with you and destroying your kingdom. That's what we do to ourselves when we do that. Many times people say, well, he's not paying his tithe, but he's prospering. Yeah. King Asa prospered. Until. Until. The dangerous thing about being disloyal to God is this. Your heart. Your heart can become so hardened that it will take, and, and we're living in the days of grace. It takes only the grace of God to make you change your mind. I've argued with people who don't want to pay tithe. You can't convince them. What that tells me is reminds me of Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 1. Remember the Lord your creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil days draw near. When you will say, I have no pleasure in that. Your doom is sealed. That's what it means. When you can't change your heart and you keep going this wrong way and there is no pool of grace to say, come back from destroying yourself, you're sealed. But thank God there is grace for us today. You can turn to God and you can return to being loyal to him. He will receive you, forgive, but you have to change your mind. May he grant you grace to change your mind, to return to him. In fact, God says in Malachi, return to me. And I will return to you. Give me back my ordinances. Be faithful to my ordinances. And I'll be faithful to you. I'll receive you. That's what it says. We have to change our mind. He belongs to the Lord God. This is one area. And I'm not preaching on tithing for anything because I'm going with Asa. This is, not, this is just one area. It can be some other thing. Don't try to help yourself. Heaven helps those who help themselves. It's not scriptural. It's not in the Bible. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. That's what the scripture says. God is. This morning I was teaching in Sunday school class. He says, the, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Don't let anything faze you. You believe in God, believe also in me. That's what Jesus said. Trust in me. I'll take care of you. Don't lean on your own understanding. Stay loyal to God. Because his eyes go to and fro all over the world to show himself strong on the behalf of those that, whose hearts are loyal to him. That's what we're talking about. Stay loyal to God. 
It may look bad for a while. Like they're surrounding you with all of these problems. Satan is surrounding your life with all of these issues and you don't know where to turn. But turn to God. Stay loyal to him because he will come through for you. God will come through for you. Don't try to do it yourself. We cannot do anything on our own. You cannot get rid of sin from your life on your own. It takes just the grace of God. Trying and do, doing all this stuff can, will not help. It takes just, God, I'm just going to stay with you until you help me. And God will, will help you. The danger of it. No, you know, Asa heard from this king. I mean, from this prophet. I mean, you will think he will turn his heart like David did. How did he respond? Verse 10 says, and Asa was angry with the seer. He was angry with the prophet. If you ever find yourself angry at somebody telling you the truth, you are in real trouble. Especially if they're talking to you from the word of God. You are in real trouble. You are in real trouble. It says he was angry at the seer and put him in prison. For he was enraged at, at him because of this. Because of what the prophet told him. He was very mad. But he never stopped there. He started. Asa was never like that before. But once this began, his life unraveled. Asa, it says, oppressed some of the people at this time. His life changed. This is a man whose heart was loyal to God. Now he was different. Because of one act of disloyalty. Just one act of disloyalty. His heart was changed. He started oppressing his own people. If he were, the people were coming to him, right? From other countries. If he starts oppressing them, will they come to him? And they run from him. Because he had power. They run from him. How did God respond? In Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 12, and in the 39th year, 36, 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet. And his malady was severe. Yet, in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. And in the 41st year of his reign, he died. He died sick for over two years. This man could not appear in public because he was diseased in his feet because of his disloyalty. He knew what was going on. He could have gone to God for help, but he never did. He never did. His heart was hardened. He never did. Just like Judas. Talk about New Testament. Judas never could. Peter, that's because Jesus prayed for him. You better have somebody praying for you. That's because Jesus prayed for him. That's why he was able to come back. You know, I was sharing this thing, this story with my uh, brother-in-law, Angela's brother from Nigeria. At the time, God was just opening my eyes through the scriptures I've been sharing with you this week. I was sharing with him, and I got really excited seeing this principle just to stay loyal to God. Not perfect, just loyal to him. Again, not perfect, but loyal to him. Not off and on. Not cold and hot. Back and forth. Or lukewarm. 
just not lukewarm, I mean, but stay hot. Or you may get cold. I was sharing that with him the last day he was leaving for Nigeria. I was telling him because I was excited. I was studying this thing down and uh, trying to come up with someone. And I shared it with him. That was the last time I was going to see him. So let him let, I'll let him have it before he goes. No kidding. <laughs> Just sharing. Good-hearted man. Very good-hearted man. He, he said, yes. That story you're telling me from the scripture reminds me of this. And he told me the story of a church in Nigeria. There was a man, he said, that took offering. Offerings. Well, he was one of the ushers that took offerings in this church. Large, pretty large church. And they picked up, they'll pick up the offering. And while they counted, while they were counting the offerings, he would take some of them and hide them away. He kept doing it. He kept doing it. The church was a large church. They couldn't, they, they didn't miss it. Nobody knew what was happening. Only him and his God. Just like your tithe in him. Nobody knew it was what was going on. And he said that after a long time, a mystery sickness hit him. And he went everywhere. He went everywhere. Nobody could, no, they couldn't tell what was happening. They couldn't figure out what was going on. He had a lot of money because it was a big church. And he said, finally, he realized that this was the problem. And actually came to church on Sunday. They do church in Nigeria a little different from here. <laughs> he came to church on Sunday and he stood up and said, Pastor, I got confession to make. That's how the story came out. I had been stealing from what came in. And so Pastor said, ah, he didn't miss anything from it. He said, wow, that's wonderful you confess. I forgive you, he said. And we're going to pray for you. And this is, in Nigeria, they'll tell you, kneel down. So he knelt down. Pastor was going to lay his hands on him. And he was putting his hand to him. My brother-in-law said, God spoke to the pastor. said, don't you do that. Don't lay your hands on him. Forgiving that he's going to die. And he died. He died for me. Many times we take things very lightly with the God that the Bible tells us in Hebrews uh, God is a consuming fire. Have you read that? I don't care what people are saying out there. This is serious business. Uh, God is a consuming fire. We got to turn between him with everything that we have. Do you understand what I'm saying? Stay loyal to him. He'll bless you. When your heart starts turning away from him, you may not realize something is going on. Sometimes, even in the New Testament, with all the grace of God, your heart can get hardened. Hebrews chapter 3 tells us very clearly, I believe verse 7, it says, if you will hear his voice today, don't harden your heart as in the days of provocation. And in verse 15, he says exactly the same thing again. And then in chapter 4, verse 7, he says it again. Do not harden your heart as in the days of provocation. We have the ability in the New Testament to do that before God. So what am I supposed to do then? What's the cure for this? Because as I read, I get frightened by this stuff. I don't know how they get to that place. I get frightened by it. I guess God... You help me. 
Give me a loyal heart towards you. Amen? Because by strength, no man can prevail. I've got to have the grace of God for my life. I don't judge anybody. I always turn it inward. Because I know me. And I don't have confidence in me. I got to have my confidence in him. So I got to plead with him. Look, God, can you please give me a loyal heart? Give me the kind of heart that David has. So that I will not disappoint you. I want to see you when it's all over. I want to see you face to face in peace. Please help me. I know I'm not perfect, but I'm not making an excuse. I need you to walk in my heart. Please help me so that I don't draw back from you. I don't draw back and pull back from you. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. Amen. This is serious business. Our life... I got, give me a little bit of time this morning. It's so important. You know how when they put the date of your birth and the day you die, it's just a little dash. Right? Big words back here, 19, whatever, long. And then on the other side, long when you died. And then they put this little dash. That's your life. Compared to eternity, then all of the troubles I've been through, that little dash, that's what you represent my life. With that little dash, filled with trouble, tears, pain, can't pay the bills and all of that. That's, that's little. What is that saying? Life is short. Little. Compared to eternity, this is so little. Make the best use of it. Be loyal to God. Amen? Be loyal to God. I'm going to speak to you now, especially those of you. You know that you are a Christian by religion. You know that without a doubt. But your life does not reflect it. In other words, your heart is not loyal towards God. You know that. Maybe you are not even sure if you die today if you go to heaven. Or hell. You are not sure. Maybe the thought of having to stand before God right now frightens you if you got to die. But you don't have to stay that way. You can change that today if you turn your life over to him and let God change your life. You know, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, it says, For he says, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation, I have helped you. God says, in an acceptable time, I helped you. I heard you, and I helped you. He says, look, behold, that word means look. Now is the accepted time. Not any other time. Now, God says, come home, I want you now. Today is the day of salvation. It's right now while we're standing, we're sitting right here before God. This is the time. If you will hear his voice, this very day, he's calling for you. You don't have to wait another time. All heads bowed this morning. All eyes closed. No one looking around. If you're here this morning and you want to receive Christ into your life, welcome Jesus into your life. I will need you to raise your hand. If you're here also and you feel like you're not walking the way you ought to walk before God and you need God, you want God to be close to you, 
I need you to raise your hand. Let God see you. Raise your hand this morning, indicating God, I need you. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Open your eyes, please. And look up to me here. There is this here connection card. Do you have that? Please. There is an area here, a section where it says, My decision today. Let us know what you decided with regards to God today. We'll receive that. Put that in the offering basket. Or the offering, uh, yeah, it's a basket there. And we will receive that from you, the offering bucket, I mean. And we will send you something in the mail to help you with your new walk with God. So fill it out completely and put it in that uh, offering bucket. And we will receive that from you to help you. And try to stay faithful with God. And may God give you grace by the, sp the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. We give you time to do that. We're going to be receiving our offering as we draw to a close for our service right now. If you need an offering envelope, please, you can have one. If you are a guest, don't bother about giving unless you really want to give. But we give to our God. Let me share this thought with you that came to me this morning. How many of us know this scripture? We love him because he first loved us. 